Good morning. Morning, Toby. It's a little bit early for this sort of thing, to be honest, isn't it? But I suppose that's what you have to do. So, I'm Toby Angel, and uh, I'm sitting here with Tim Ashton at Sultan Hall, and we're sitting approximately in the entrance to what will be a long barrow, which we hope the planners will consider kindly. In fact, they've intimated thus far that they are very enthusiastic. And what we're keen to do this morning is see the sunrise so we can align the entrance. Now, I should add that Tim actually did this last year, so it's a question of just establishing that what he witnessed last year is what uh, is what we're going to witness this morning. So as we sit here, it's a very cloudy day, and yet there's a very welcoming easterly breeze, and we've had three days of extreme temperatures, and I have to say it's, it's quite a welcome relief. So uh, I'm Tim Ashton, I'm farming at Salton Hall here, and um, the purpose of getting up this morning was to check that the alignment stakes that I put in last year to describe the, rise, the rising sun on the summer solstice are in the right place. As it happens, as Toby's just said, it's quite a cloudy morning. So that hasn't worked this morning, but I can check it again tomorrow. Um, but it's been a very peaceful morning listening to the birds and uh, the wildlife on the farm waking up. And I think might bring us on to a conversation about why a barrel would be a good idea yeah. and what you might get out of having one here. And it's a difficult thing to um, communicate. Uh, this evening I'll go home to a barrow we built in Cambridgeshire and we're marking the solstice with sundowners. So we'll all be there watching the sun disappear on the horizon. Um, and uh, I'm not sure I've ever really focused much on the solstice. Um, perhaps not as much as I have done in the last couple of years when during which we've you know developed the company and I said as we walked here this morning that there was this bizarre sense of anticipation for an event you know happens every day and yet still seems a little remarkable that's the sunrise you're talking about there yeah so I think some context as to why, where this barrow fits in with the other new barrows that have been built and historically the tradition of building barrows would be a useful thing to discuss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean as no expert I, in, in prehistory, I think, um, I don't know, to some degree is down to interpretation. Um, our sense is that they were designed not just to venerate the dead, either for important members of community or for community as a whole. But because community didn't live together as we do now, they would have had to have uprooted themselves and come together to be part of a quite a monumental build process that would have taken quite some time. And 
someone from Cambridge University described them to me and said, look, you, you ought to think of them as the precursor to the village hall or the parish church. They became very sacred places where one assumes that they feasted, they communed, they would have experienced union and death. And therefore, the celebration of life was just a very natural, innate thing, a very natural process in their daily chores. And whilst we're building a structure which is described as an interpretation, we're not copying anything, there clearly are elements that we believe are echoing what we think might have happened. And the principal element, I think, is one of celebrating life. And so the sunrise, obviously, is the uh, start of that process in many respects. Sure. So as we prepare to build the barrow here at Salton uh, in 2017, that will be, as far as I know, the third barrow, only the third barrow to be built since we abandoned the practice about 5,000 years ago. And... Uh, those barrows that we know have survived for five and a half thousand years in the Neolithic. I visited quite a few of them in the last 12 to 18 months. And I've always been struck by the fact that there's people hanging out there. Yeah. Um, and must have been for all of those years since they were built. That's quite a thought, really, that this is the second time in the last... Since we started, since we started thinking in, in this in this way, I've been here obviously exactly a year ago today, today to mark the sunrise from this point on this day, and I imagine it's going to be a fact of life for me for forever now that I come yeah, up that's... here. And I wonder whether how many people there will be here this time next year for this. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I think it rather is dependent on uh, the bacon sandwiches and the tea and coffee we're going to provide. <laughs> it could well be. <laughs> could well be. There are. There was one of us last year, and there's three of us here this morning that's, now. That's see that that's quite a rate of that growth. Is quite an improvement. <laughs> well done. What uh, um, uh, during the build at Willow Row in Cambridgeshire, it was a, a compelling experience. I mean, I couldn't keep myself away. And uh, the thing that struck me about the build is that the stonemason, um, beyond it being physically a, quite a challenging task, mentally it's quite taxing as well. And I didn't fully appreciate that. And it's taxing because they're observing the stones sitting in a pile. They're carefully crafting a stone in their hand. Uh, that process is called dressing a stone. And they're constantly looking to see where the stone they're working on is going to sit, which stone will marry that stone, and so on and so on. So it's it's a very intense, remarkably quiet process. You, I don't remember the radio blaring in the background. I don't remember much conversation about football or politics. But what I do remember is the chipping of metal against stone and... Uh, our build director, Geraint Davis, who is the sixth generation master stonemason, who was brought up not far from here, actually, he often remarks that when he's working, he 
he thinks about how it must have been all those years ago, the fact that they were using horn and other stone to shape. And, but the build principle, by and large, would have been very similar. And probably the most obvious area to witness that is in the corbelled roof, which is quite something. Um, and the best way to describe the corbelled roof, uh, some describe it as a beehive, but from an engineering perspective, it's a very efficient way of establishing an incredibly strong weight-bearing element. It's a bit like an egg. An egg is very weak on its side, but it's very strong when you stand it on its end. And it, uh, Baguere is a very important part of the build process. He often describes completing chambers at all cannings in Wiltshire, which was the first long barrow to have been built in five and a half thousand years that he designed and between him and Martin Files they built it. It was a private commission. And Gare describes the process of fitting the last stone in the chamber. And he's a man of few words. He's 61. He won't thank me for referring to that. But he gets very emotional when he describes it. And I was really taken with that. And I thought about it and I volunteered to him that perhaps what he'd established was that the structure had at the point of the capping stone being placed, the structure had developed a sense of identity and purpose. And he said, yes, you may be right. You may be right, but... All I can tell you is that something happened. And I can't tell you what happened, but something happened. And when I heard that story and then went to visit the Barrow in Wiltshire, it did struck me that, uh, strike me that, that beyond it being a thing of beauty, it had uh, an incredible presence in the modern day. Which I guess brings you to what these structures mean to the people that are using them and to those that have brought them into existence. Yeah. And you'll have more experience with that, Toby, than I do. I, I know from visiting Tim Dore down in Orcannings and talking to some of the community there what it means to those guys. Uh, you've been looking after people at Willow Row now in Cambridge for closing a year, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um you know, it sounds like a naive thing to say. I suppose it is naive. We we were excited because we knew how to build these things. And, um, you know, it's a bit like being on a beach and being excited about building a sandcastle. You don't think about the effect it has on people that pass by and how it piques their imagination and how they perhaps want to be involved. But you're right. Um, having looked after families, what's very apparent to us is the relationship between us and the barrow and the families that choose to use it and uh, you know we have families who you know one chap who I saw again this week actually we just happened to see each other there Jeff lost his wife uh, Christmas 2016 and uh, for him it's become a, a very important pilgrimage actually for the rest of his family all of whom 
hop along now and again without telling anyone and they find themselves in a very peaceful spot and you know chat to mum which is wonderful and they do it in a very private intimate space and that's echoed by everyone else Barbara who placed her husband in she'd had his ashes at home for years and hadn't known quite what to do with them but felt that she wanted a space that didn't represent anyone or anything necessarily um, she didn't need or want doctrine in any form she wanted a blank canvas and, uh, and that's what she found uh, and again she comes back and I think that's the purpose it, it obviously is a repository for a very special element um, but it should be seen as a venue to celebrate life and welcome people back again and again and I think the fact that you can pass your niche which is the place where you place the earth and the fact you can pass that to future generations I think is is quite important certainly in the modern day which always feels somewhat rather transigent well for me as the farmer here looking after this ground I think it's been a rather magical idea to be involved in this for now something like 18 months we first met by 18 yeah. months ago didn't we yeah um and it's become a more complex and subtle idea over all that time so when i first came across what tim Dore had done in all cannings i thought it was really profoundly beautiful and i thought it would be something nice for the community here something that improved this farm um but then you become, as you've just described, more conscious of the community of people that are using it and what they get from it. And that's, I think, profoundly humbling. Mm. Um, and then you think in the sort of other planes of meaning it can have. And just sat here, I don't know whether how much this is picking up the bird song around here, but the engagement with the natural environment is one thing that I think is very beautiful about this idea. Um, the Although, unfortunately, we can't see it because of the cloud this morning, the sunrise coming down here and the sort of engagement with the geometry of the universe is something that I think appeals to a certain type of brain. Um, I think you'd be surprised at how many people it does appeal to. Yeah. Um, well, I think because there's a rhythm, this is now the second summer solstice I've been down here for, um, you get that rhythm that I think is reassuring for people, that a community of people, some people likely always be here from now on I suppose remembering and this is a significant day for this spot um, and the people in it are part of that um, and um, it just strikes me that the, the more you think about it it's quite a powerful collection of ideas associated with these structures and that's why I think after even five and a half thousand years since we had a big phase of building them and sort of haven't bothered with them for a thousand years they still seem incredibly relevant and you can still find people visiting them on all these sites I visited what I find exciting about that is that uh, you know we're not you know I often say how the definition of originality is to remember the idea first we're, we're not discovering anything we're rediscovering and I think the emotion the emotional experience and the journey that people take on any level, 
uh, of course, is innate in all of us. And I, I find that terribly exciting, the fact there is this sense of reconnection. And we're permanently reminded of our ancient prehistory. Um, but I think that becomes a bit of a distraction because because all we're doing, we've got three guys sitting in a field here listening to birdsong, chatting, communing, and it's just an innate emotion in all of us. It's part of who we are. So, yes, the reference to the ancients is useful. It's fascinating. But I wonder if it ends up being a bit of a distraction. I don't know. I think the point I was making, Toby, is that if you've got evidence for all of that time of people doing that mm. communing as you say um, then it becomes fairly easy to see how people will continue to do it into the future yeah. It's a, yeah. a pattern and I think that's one of the reassuring things about this the, all the communities that have been constructed in um, all cannings and in um, St Neots um, that there's a reason to get together and a reason to face something together and I don't know it takes a bit of a sting out of a complex big idea for people yeah the thing that surprised me about uh, Willow Row is how far people do travel so I I look at uh, distance travelled by people who use the barrow distance travelled by people who are just curious um and at the moment of the people who are placed within the barrow and their families, very few of them actually live within the county. Um, they've travelled far and wide to be with us, which I think is fantastic. I mean, I, I think that's extraordinary, um, really. And at uh, very different stages... There are as many people who have purchased niches um, ahead of time, planning, as there are people who have placed ashes into the barrow who lost their family member or partner many years ago. I'm not sure quite what we're expecting, but I'm, as you say, it is rather humbling that people do travel, seem to travel quite a distance to, to be there. And I suspect you'll find that here. Right. Well, I guess we should sort of close with a sense of uh, what our expectations for actually bringing this into existence are for this site. Yeah. And how we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, yes, there is that. So um, the build process itself is is not uncomplicated, but uh, there are you know, fairly straightforward stages to it, providing access, of course, marking the ground out. And we don't dig down. I think that's why the planners like us. It's described as having a light footprint. We all need to level the soil off that we're sitting on. Um, we probably only go down, certainly no greater than six, nine inches. And the soil we scrape off, we put to one side, we will reuse it. And we put down crushed stone, and we firm that up and we just build on top of it and we essentially build up. There's no concrete, it's limestone from Northamptonshire. We use a lime mortar. And uh, there's a retaining wall and then the finished wall within inside that. And as we go up, we bank the sides up with earth. 
and you have that union between the earth and the stone which is part of its structural integrity and it should take um, all things being equal four or five months that sort of thing there's a bit of a vision here that we might include the community in the building yes and that we might do that five months in stages yeah I, I think we were surprised at how people engage emotionally with certainly that was the case at uh, all cannings um, people were purchasing niches um, before they'd finished uh, at Willow Row similarly um, uh, people came along were fascinated and we asked if people wanted to lay their own stone and uh, they leapt at the chance um, so we thought well, why ever not it seemed to be a very natural thing to want to do so yeah we'll host fairly regular open days during the build and hope that people can come along and witness something and perhaps get their hands dirty and our hope is that it'll be something physical and tangible for this time next year yeah yeah absolutely I think um, it will be interesting to uh, I think I'm afraid you will be expected to provide coffee and bacon sandwiches next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that won't be a problem. We'll put them down at the hall. And that was always part of what we were hoping would yeah. end up developing, that there would be um, coffee. The, the, I mean, it, it's interesting. We're, we're sort of looking due east rather expectantly now. But have we forgotten that, of course, one of the great pleasures of the design will be the false portal, which will be at the other end of the barrow where we have an element of the design which will capture the winter solstice and I think that will spark um, a lot of emotion, a lot of imagination I mean these are very romantic sites, it's not a term I necessarily would have volunteered until I experienced Willow Row but it is a very romantic experience and curiously enough Last Sunday we had an open day and we had a number of people along and very similar reaction. People become very emotional very quickly. Um, complete strangers volunteer very intimate conversation, which again, as you said, Tim, is rather humbling. And a chap came along and he, relatively young man, and he was very excited. He said, well, I'm getting married next year. Do you think we could, is there any way we could perhaps have our wedding here at Willow Row and uh, we were a bit dumbfounded and in in hindsight I think uh, beyond it being a very flattering question if we're building something to celebrate life then my immediate reaction is well why ever not you know celebrate life through union or birth or loss or perhaps just sitting on a rather grey day in Shropshire, listening to birds at 4.15 in the morning. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm very hopeful that we'll be doing this again in 12 months' time. The sun will actually be visible as it rises. Well, you'll be doing it again tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'll be doing it again tomorrow morning because <laughs> the weather forecast is to be clearer tomorrow yeah. morning. I'm just, I've got to check the details. Yeah. And the solstice means the sun stops, so you've got five, six days yeah. either side of the solstice, yeah. so you can check it out. Um, 
but uh, I'm optimistic we'll be doing this 12 months from now and there will be more people here and um, yeah it's very exciting we'll, we'll we plan to once we receive planning which I accept is a bit of an assumption but all the signals we've had from the planners have been very positive and we wouldn't have applied for planning unless we had that confidence but we're hoping towards September that uh, we'll be able to put up three features which I won't tell you about um, because I'm rather excited about them and I know what happens when you actually put them into position so perhaps we should sign off just by leaving that tease I think that does sound people. like a good way of leaving things Toby so I guess we'll do this again some other time but yeah. for the solstice of 2017 summer that's it our very first podcast yeah good heavens <laughs> Before we know it, we'll have a-